it's got to be a daily walk with the Lord where everything that I minister is not something that I read. And again, I'm, I study all the time. I'm ministering out of the overflow of what God is currently doing in my life. Stay tuned to hear more from Pastor Adam Starling. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and here we discover the true meaning of joy and learn that it's not just a feeling, it's faith. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 15 that we can be filled with the only joy that will complete us simply by abiding in the Father's love and doing His will. This season, we will explore finding joy by walking with God in our everyday lives. Stay with us and hear other stories as they too have walked this path of discovery. Adam Starling is the pastor of Victory Family Church, a fast-growing church with multiple campuses in central Oklahoma. Pastor Adam is worried about something, the growing percentage of people who no longer identified as Christian or having a religion at all. We sat down in his office in Norman, Oklahoma recently to discuss this troubling issue. Here's Pastor Adam. Adam Starling, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I say Adam Starling, Pastor Adam to me because you you are my pastor. And it's important for people to know that I always try to disclose um, here at Victory Family Church in Norman. And and we've been wanting to talk about this for a little bit. A long time. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I'm excited. We've talked about it for a while, so I'm excited to be able to kind of talk through some of these things today. And and hopefully we can can maybe, maybe help somebody. Well, I hope so. And I know you know about this because you've even mentioned it from the stage before, and that is the fact that self-identifying as Christian seems to be declining. Yes, ma'am. We've seen this in studies by the Pew Research Center. Pew Research Center is a, uh, is a nonprofit, um, nonpartisan group. That, that does lots of studies. It's, it's very believable, incredible. I think it's important to say that. For sure. And, and not only do we see this, we've been seeing it over a couple of years, from, 1990, from, 1990, from 2019 to 2020 and to 2021. They usually come out with these studies in, toward the end of the year, so we'll see what happening, what's happening sure. with 2022. But we see this... Um, this decline. So we're going to talk about that today, but before we get into it, I'd love for uh, my listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So tell me about your faith walk and uh, how you got to where you are now. Sure. Yeah. Quick version. Uh, I was a church kid. My mom was a secretary at a, at a church when I was a kid. And so, you know, like a lot of athletes are like gym rats. Their dad was a coach and they grew up in the gym. I was kind of like the church rat. Uh, so I was just, just in, in church, around church. Um, but, uh, in probably seventh grade, uh, so really still early on in my life, uh, man, just really decided, man, I really want to follow Jesus for me. And so be- began following Jesus as a, as a, as a kid. Um, went to Bible college in Southwestern in Waxahachie, Texas. 
Uh, got married young. I was 20. We'll celebrate 20 years of, of marriage this this summer. Um, and Congratulations. Have, thank you. Thank you. I have two, two kids. My son is 12. My daughter is 10 and started pastoring here um, right at almost 10 years ago now. So, And he just gave his first sermon, I heard. So, yeah. So last night, my son, um, he... Uh, Three middle school students preach for about five to ten minutes each, and so he, uh, yeah, he preached his first little little sermon uh, last night. Did a great job. Uh, you know, he plays sports and, and does a lot of cool stuff and does well in school. All, all that stuff's great, but uh, I think watching watching your son preach uh, probably one of my more proud moments as a as a father. It was I just I just cried the whole time, but it was awesome. <laughs> he did course. good. I was proud. Oh, what was the subject matter? Um, okay, so so it was middle school, and and the the verse was a little tricky when I first saw our youth pastors gave him a verse. Uh, it was about the the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Hmm. And so when I first saw that, I said, uh, "Oh, okay." Um, I said, "Son, you know what that means, right?" He said, y- "Yeah, Dad. I'm not sure what to say about it." Um, but they had given him a little bit of outline, and really what it was about was how how God can kind of step into the middle of your mistakes and the middle of your mess and bring redemption. Uh, to your life, and so, so he, you know, didn't really preach about adultery, but but did preach a little bit about how God can redeem and restore uh, people even in the middle of their of their sin and their worst moments. So it was fun. Well, that is awesome. Maybe I need to speak to him because we are talking all about how God can really work with you in your everyday life. So that sounds like that was a great sermon. He he told me last night uh, he would he would preach for me on a Sunday. He said I can, I can do thirty minutes, Dad. I said, <laughs> all right, let's let's relax there, little homie. So. <laughs> Uh, so, so he would love that. So, you know, other people also need to know that you are raising up this next generation because here at this church there is a school. Yes, we have a a, a leadership college um, that uh, we're preparing college students for ministry. We partner actually with the college that that I went to, and then we also have an elementary school that goes through through sixth grade that is um, very. A high-level education, but Jesus-centered education too. So yeah, we're very, very committed to to seeing the next generation uh, lead well in love and and lead well biblically. Mm, that's great. The Positively Joy podcast is a member of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here, but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. And so because of this, I know that this topic is important to you. because you, Yeah, because you are, you are raising the next generation, and yet we see here about 3 in 10 U.S. adults are now religiously unaffiliated, 3 in 10, and self-identified Christians make up 63% of the U.S. population. This was in 2021, down from 75% a decade ago. And as I said, we saw this, we saw these declines in 2019. We saw another decline. I mean, when you're talking about survey, you might want to say flat because it was within about one or two points, but still decline. And now we see we're at 63% when we speak of Christians. Um, when I first read this, it just made me sad. Sure. I mean, it no just doubt. made me sad. And, and it's so hard to know why people are just not somehow connecting with the Father that you and I know 
is there and who loves us and who and who wants good things for us. Um, when you first kind of came face to face with these statistics, what what jumped out at you? Yeah, I, I think I've got so many thoughts uh, and, and maybe all over the map. And I do want to be very clear. I'm, I'm not an authority on literally anything, but I've got opinions. So <laughs> so these are just opinions. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I think it's been trending for uh, 25, 30 years, the wrong direction, uh, but certainly even more uh, a much, much greater uh, negative decline uh, the last decade. And, and then church attendance, uh, is even worse, uh, especially since the pandemic. Church attendance just hasn't 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 come back. More churches in America are closing than are than are opening. Um, and I certainly don't think you have to go to church to be a Christian. But uh, most people that follow Jesus find a community of believers where they can where they can grow grow together. So yeah, I, I think I'm still pretty young for a for for a pastor. I love I love the communities that that we're able to have churches in and 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 pastor in. And I think for me, uh, um. I'm deeply concerned, uh, but at the same time, uh, and I don't want to say this like, oh, our church is great, uh, but we've seen growth in all of our locations. Um, we have a, a college ministry that um, for about a year and a half met on our, our campus. Now they meet at the University of Oklahoma, and they're running like a 1,000 college students. And so even in the midst of uh, something that's in, in incredibly concerning that we need to talk about and we need to figure out how to fix, um, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of people coming to know Jesus. There's a lot of people growing in the Lord. And so, so I, I, I think it's, it's bad, but I don't think it's all doom and gloom either. Does that mm. make sense? Absolutely. And one thing I think that we really did well during the pandemic is, is really all the online ministry sure. that we had, the reaching out. I mean, I was certainly, I, I was watching the adult as well as the children's content. Sure. It was so good. It really I was good. appreciate that. Thank you. So I don't know, you know, if that was the magic answer. You know, we, we have had growth on this campus. And, you know, I think, and personally, I go here clearly. And I think there's a lot of really great things that we're doing. Um, but it is difficult and troubling to see these overall numbers and I just want to point out, obviously, we're talking about Christianity. This is a Christian podcast. However, we are seeing some, um, some other trends, too. And it's interesting that even though we're seeing this going from 78% to 63% from um, 20—well, from 78% to 63% um, for Christianity, we're seeing a slight increase, 16% no religion— Mm-hmm. Back in, I want to say this was in 2007 to 29% no religion. Yeah, it's huge. So, so yeah, so it's we're not just talking about Christianity. We're seeing all other different faiths as well. Um, and then for people who are other religions, it's pretty flat from five, um, 5% to 6% decrease. Uh, or rather, who, who people who identify with other religions. So clearly, Christianity is the largest. Sure. We we this country was really kind of settled in a Judeo-Christian society. Correct. So that's yeah. probably not unusual. But still, troublesome is that increase in no religion at all as well. Yeah, I, I think. And again, I've got a lot of opinions, so I don't know that any of this is. Is even even good, but but you asked me to do this, so I'm just gonna tell you my opinions. Yes, of course. I, I I I think if you're on the outside looking in of of religion, Christianity or any other religion, 
I'm not sure that it's appealing. Mm. I'm not. I'm not sure that if you're on the outside looking in of of Christianity, you don't have uh, followers of Christ that are loving you, serving you, caring for you. All you see is polarizing politics, um, racial tension, people hating each other because they don't believe like you, people being more committed to being right than seeing people come to know the Lord. No wonder the nuns are growing. I think I think if you're a... And when you say nuns, you mean N-O-N-E-S. N-O-N-E-S. Yes. So yeah, N-O-N-E-S. Um, I'm not sure the Catholic nuns. They might be. They might be growing. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, um, it's flat. It's okay, it's flat. Catholicism about flat. flat, yeah. So I, I just think as a as a church, as, as, as a whole, we've just lost our focus. Um, mm. I think we started focusing on on our disagreements as opposed to focusing on scripture, gospel, truth, loving people, serving people, acting like Jesus, treating people like Jesus would 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 treat people. Um, and so I, I I think I think the church in a lot of senses has been a massive turnoff to um, to even 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 solid Christians the last the last decade. And I think I think it's become fairly fairly polarizing. Uh, I, I don't think uh, I don't think the media does us any favors either, um, uh, for the most part. And there's a very real, and I want to acknowledge this. Uh, there's a lot of ministry leaders, a lot of pastors uh, that have had very 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 public horrific moral failures. Um, and so, if you're questioning your faith, you're questioning, man, is do I want to explore Christianity? And and you keep seeing. Uh, another moral failure, another, well, this guy's a hypocrite. Well, this guy couldn't even live up to biblical standard. This guy did this, this guy did that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it makes sense that we're in the position that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. So two questions. I think it's easy to blame the pandemic, but we've been seeing these declines from many Correct. years bef- before. And also, do you think that if we are looking at these, as you say, very famous failures, that people who do identify themselves with some kind of religion are just dwelling too much on the human leader and not on God. Yeah. So um, I'm going to, before we close, I'm going to try to find a quote from Beth Moore that I want to, that I want to read to you that I think has been huge. Um, Let's talk about the pandemic first. Yeah. The pandemic didn't create anything. It just accelerated things. And so, if, 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 if the church was already in trouble, it just accelerated that. And I, I think it did that with many things in, in society where it, it was the great accelerator. So I don't think that the pandemic caused people to fall away from God. I, frankly, and I, I think you probably remember at the very beginning, I said to our whole church, at the end of this, you're either going to be closer or farther away. You won't be the same. And, and a lot of people, they, uh, man, they really dug in and they really, uh, engaged in scripture. They really engaged in uh, a community of believers, even online. And so we did see a, a tremendous amount of personal growth. And, and frankly, our, our church is has grown since the pandemic. And so we're, we're bigger now than we were prior to. Um, and, and so we've seen some, some great things in the middle of that, but at the same time, a lot of people, it, it was, it was the, the excuse to, I don't have to go anymore. Like, they got out of the habit of, 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 of going to church. There's a guy I follow uh, named Kerry Newhoff, and he's a, he's a brilliant church leader. 
And, and and what he always says is the only reason why people quit going to church, it's not because they get mad at the preacher. It's not because the kids' ministry was bad. It's not because the worship was bad. People quit going to church because they just got out of the habit. But what the pandemic did was it just got everybody out of the habit. And, and a lot of people decided, I just don't want to go back. So, um, so, yeah, I don't think in any way we should blame the pan- pandemic. All it did was reveal and accelerate what was already happening. And I have to say, I mean, God was, was really speaking to a lot of people during the pandemic. Uh, if you look at, uh, not, not this chart, but if you look at other statistics, um, more podcasts were created during this time. And of course, I'm talking about all podcasts, not sure. just Christian, but I, but I know because that's my area. Um, I know a lot of newly created Christian podcasts were birthed uh, in 2020, this one included, and, and a lot of other people that I know as well. So, Can I, mean, I ask he, you a question? Yeah. Okay, so what, what about during the pandemic? Is it something that you always wanted to do and you had time during the pandemic, or during the pandemic did you have the idea, and then why did you think now I should do it? Is so, that okay for me to ask you Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so here's <laughs> the thing. I'd always wanted to do a podcast, okay. and my podcast is, was going to be on what I call the intersection of beauty, hair, and politics. That was going to be my podcast. Got it. So which, I was, which you'd have not had me on for any of no, those. No. Well, well, you never know. No. <laughs> but there I was at home. It was something was always in the way. Okay. Too busy. I couldn't figure out how to do it. Something. So I was at home, and I said, I have a computer. I, I should be able to figure this out. And I said, okay, I, I think I know enough about this program to be dangerous. I use Audition for recording. Okay. Let's get started. And then the Lord said, Clearly, yes, you're going to start this podcast, but it will be on joy. Love it. And I said, okay, uh, don't know what you mean by that, but okay, we're going to do it. That's awesome. And it's going really well for you, right? Yeah, I think so. That's great. That's great. (laughs) Okay, so you asked me about failure uh, of of, of pastors and and church leaders. Do people focus on that too much? Uh, I think yes. Um, I just, I, I think if you read through scripture, all the great heroes of our faith did really dumb stuff. Uh, but at the same time, the Bible's really clear. If you're going to preach, if you're going to teach, you're held to a higher standard. And so I think I, 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 th- I think it's kind of an and-both situation where uh, pastors, ministers, leaders have, have got to do a much better job of having a true accountability, true vulnerability, um, and a true commitment to, to holiness. Um, but at the same time, I hope that people understand uh, that what they preached uh, wasn't their opinion. It was at least the good, the, you know, the good ones. Uh, it was the word of God, and the Bible says that God's word will not return void. And and I think even in our own context, I'm doing more and more and more to be on stage less and less and less. Like I didn't preach last week. I'm not preaching this week. I'm not preaching the next week. And so I do think we've. We've, we've created a little bit of a celebrity pastor culture everywhere. And nobody, and this is my, my own personal soapbox, nobody wants to attend a church with a celebrity pastor. But then when their pastor doesn't preach, they want to get mad at him, right? And so it's like, well, no, I want you to do this, and I want you to do this, and I want to know you, and I want to this, and I want this. And so they want to put you up on this, this pedestal, but they don't want you to put yourself up on the pedestal. And so I think it's got to be both. You shouldn't put yourself up on the pedestal, but you also have to fight uh, having the church folks put you on, on the pedestal. Because our job uh, as as pastors is not to point people to us, it's to point people to Jesus. And and frankly, there's a lot of people that are pointing people to Jesus, and in the midst they've been, they, I don't want to say morally corrupt, 
some of them just made some really, really dumb mistakes, and some of them just lost their way along the along the journey. But they still preach scripture, and and the Jesus that they preach, that people came to know, is still real. He's still he's still God. He's still powerful. And so, so yes, I would hope that that less people would uh, keep their eyes on a on a leader or a pastor, and, and and squarely just keep their focus on Jesus. But at the same time, I understand the world that we live in, and 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 that's not that's not possible to to not see you know through the eyes of you know whoever is is pastoring you. Uh, can I read this Beth Moore quote? Please, it's unbelievable. So this has been like I've shared this with all my pastor friends. Uh, it was uh, see March of this year, and it was after several of the of the moral failures. Uh, she said this. It's kind of long. Humans were not fashioned by God for celebrity. We can't take it. I'm telling you, it's too much to be greatly. Adored or greatly abhorred, either either one is crazy making, and both attend celebrity. A lot of celebrities crash, but all of them crack. We're craving our own public breakdown. If God lends you an audience for the gospel, and mind you, it will just be lent, not kept. Keep your head down. Keep mature people around you who can tell you when you're an idiot. Prepare to be humbled constantly and submit to it. And I and do not. I say again, do not make crowds. You're God. It's idolatry. Don't clamor for big numbers. Don't kid yourself that bigger is better for the sake of the gospel. That's bull. We do the lifting up of Jesus. God does the drawing. Just serve as faithfully as you know how. Repent regularly. Ride the wave and long for the shore. Nobody gets out unbloodied. Cling to your healer. Know when you need stitching up. Don't crave what will kill your character. If God entrusts you with a crowd, refuse to play to it. That's what sucks a once faithful servant into the crazy making quicksand of celebrity syndrome. And I think we've seen that with actual celebrities, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you, you've seen the, you know, from the Will Smiths to the, you know, they crack. You, you remember Britney Spears with the head shaved, right? Yeah. They, they crack. But I think we're seeing that because of social media and, 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 and how many followers, pastors, especially of larger churches get, I think we're now seeing that same, pressure get to too many pastors and so so i think even from from where i stand as as a pastor i think that's something that we have to be insanely careful um and and always like like she said make sure we have people around us um that can call us idiots and 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 i got plenty of those so that's 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 in i'm in good shape on that so that is so good and and i just want to point out too the people who have an online ministry or or a Christian podcast, that is something that we that we kind of struggle with. How much should we promote? We feel uncomfortable promoting. Should we be looking at the download numbers all the time? Is is it going up fast enough? You know, those are things that we struggle with as well. We want to get the message out. Sure. You want to get the message out. You know, people need to know that there is a message, but yeah, we struggled with that for sure. That's a great quote. I had I had six people in my office yesterday, the day before, and I hate social media, but I'm on it. Um, and and the the conversation is, I think social media is relatively unhealthy in a lot of ways. At the same time, it may be our greatest tool to share our faith and to share the gospel and, and really to share the love of Jesus with people. And so there's kind of this weird, like it's kind of, you know, how much, how much am I on it? You know, as, as the pastor and, and, you know, if you go to any 
church planning or church, you know, conference, they'll say, oh, the pastor's the brand. I'm very uncomfortable being a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't like that at all. And so, uh, but I am, God has entrusted me to lead and to pastor. And so I don't want to shy away from that either. So yeah, I think we're always in that, that constant tension of, man, we want to, we want to promote what God is doing, but we just want to make sure we're always pointing people to Jesus not even to Victory Family Church, and certainly not to me. But we just want to point people to Jesus, and how whatever avenue we can we can find to do that, we 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 want to without without getting into uh, the self self promotion celebrity. Yeah. So then I guess the next question is, how can we do it? So to go back to the study, we see that a quarter of U.S. adults say they attend religious services at least weekly. Um, a quarter. Certainly, we would like it to be more than that. We, we have always heard people say, bring a friend to church, bring a friend sure. to church. Sometimes that's it just is hard to do. Or either we're uncomfortable asking or we do ask, and people say, oh, I don't want to right now. What can we do? What can we do to encourage? What can we do to try to increase these numbers? Sure. I I think that the church can never be the, the end goal. I think... I think what the church has to do is a much better job of equipping uh, the current attenders not to bring more people to church as much as, I'm talking to myself as much as anybody else, but we need to help people learn how to love, serve, and share their faith uh, to their neighbors, their coworkers, their their friends. And so so for us, the, the fix is how do we how do we equip people to actually lead other people to Jesus? Um, you know, the Great Commission, Jesus doesn't say, go out and bring them all to a church and let the pastor tell them about Jesus, right? He says yeah. to them, you know, you go, uh, you make disciples of all nations. And so, and so we've got to do a better job equipping our church, equipping people to, to share their, their faith. Uh, and at the same time, we just got to do a, a better job of helping people uh, learn how to love and serve people. And I think it's easy to love and serve people that we agree with or, frankly, that we like, but we got to help help people understand how to love and serve people uh, that we don't agree with and, and, that, and that we don't like. And I think when you become a place where everybody can come in, and even if they think they don't agree with me, um, uh, they don't agree with someone that I think, they don't agree with some of my theology, but I just know these people love me, mm-hmm. then I think then I think we're setting our churches up for massive success. Um, I can have an incredible disagreement with somebody if, uh, and I think we can make progress if they know I truly love them. I'm not trying to fight you. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Like I genuinely want want to share the truth in Scripture, and and I think, um, so I, I think I think it starts with that. I think it starts with we got to lo- learn how to teach our people how to love and serve people. We got to teach our people better how to. Uh, share their share their faith, and I I just think we've got to stick to scripture. I, I think we, we we can't preach our opinions, uh, we can't preach what we feel good about, uh, we can't shy away from things that are difficult in in scripture. Um, and and frankly, I think I think we've done a terrible job of making um, pulpits opportunities for to promote politics, which which I think has hurt the church tremendously uh, the last several years. Mm-hmm. How important is is all of this to to either bring people back to the church or certainly to increase the numbers in belief? 
in having this personal relationship with Christ? And what does that mean? What does it look like? For me or for an, just an, an individual that's attending church? I would, well, I'd say for you. Because yeah. you can only speak to what... Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think everything has to flow out of that, right? I, I think, so for me, it's, it's got to be a daily walk with the Lord where everything that I minister is not something that I read. It's not, and again, I'm, I study all the time, but it's, I'm ministering out of the overflow of what God is currently doing in my, in my life. And certainly there's seasons where all of us are going to be on E. Like that's, that's just, that's just going to happen. And I think you can see that throughout the entirety of scripture where, uh, man, there's, God still uses depleted people. Uh, but for the most part, and God wants to, to minister out of the abundance and the, and the overflow. And so, and so for me personally, it's a, it's a daily continual walk with the Lord. It's daily digging into God's scripture, not just so I can write a sermon, but so I can learn and, and, and grow myself. And, and I, think, I think we've just got to be wildly committed to trying to act like Jesus. And I think the, the WWJD bracelets, you know, they, they trend about every decade. Um, and I think it becomes so cliche and so cheesy in a sense. But at the same time, it's just so simple. If, if, if I could just literally have that thought process, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond in this conversation? How would Jesus serve? How would Jesus love? Um, how would Jesus post? It just makes it, it makes the gospel attractive because it makes the gospel about Jesus and, and, and nothing else. So, so I think that's it for me. It's, it's, it's essentially, if I could just try to be a little bit more like Jesus every day than I was the day before. Um, and I talk about this a lot when I preach where it's, if we could just make progress over perfection. And so, so even for my own life, I'm 40, which is not super old or anything, but I just want to make progress. I just still want to look a little bit more like Jesus tomorrow than I did today. And I feel like as long as I'm doing that, it, it's going to end up well for me. Mm. So this podcast, Positively Joy, has a signature uh, verse. And it was really in my continued, um, I guess, seeking to figure out, okay, what do you want me to talk about, Joy? What, Lord, what sure. do you mean? And so I, hap- I, I should say I happened to point it. Of course, he pointed me to it. Um, in John, and it's in John 15, and it's not the vine and the branches. That's the famous okay, part. Okay. But it's, it's kind of tucked underneath, verse 9 through 11, where Jesus basically tells you to abide in the Father's love, do what he wants, and then you will be filled with joy, and it's the only joy that will complete you. That's we good. go chasing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We, chase, we chase alcohol. We chase drugs. We chase people. We chase food. We chase a lot of things to complete us, to make us feel complete. And um, the only thing that's going to complete us is him. No doubt. I think if people really understood that and understood... The other thing about joy is, my little, my little quote is, joy is not a feeling, it's faith, because we're not going to be happy all the time. Sure. We're going we're gonna to go through these terrible things like the shooting in Tulsa and the shooting in Texas. You know, we're not always going to be smiley happy. That's not what the joy of the Lord is. Sure. That's what, that's what I try to talk about. I feel like if people could really get that, I totally we, agree. these numbers would turn around. Yeah, I think people tend to to want to know what's in it for them. Mm-hmm. And I think if they could grasp the concept that you're talking about, that the the joy of the Lord or uh, a peace that the Bible says passes understanding, which just means a peace that like, even though you're going through something terrible, you don't want to even, I can't even possibly understand why I, I have this peace in my life. But if people could understand that what's in it for them is, is that joy and is that peace, and frankly is to be more like Jesus, um, 
then then yeah, I think I I I think the numbers turn turn quickly because I think when when people find joy, they find peace, they find their purpose. Uh, the other things in life, they just don't matter anymore. You 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 stop chasing those things because all of those things that you're chasing, you're just trying to fill a void, and it ends up becoming a a cheap a cheap substitute and and just like a a cheap fake purse, whatever. Uh, try to get a fake Louis Vuitton. I don't know what the fake Louis Vuitton is, but <laughs> it looks the same for a minute. And the things you're talking about that we chase, they may feel joyful for a minute, but it's fake. They may feel peaceful for a minute, but it's fake. It may feel purposeful, but just like that cheap purse, eventually that you got in Jamaica on your vacation, right? Uh, eventually that unravels, right? Eventually it unravels. Um, and you're left worse off than you were before because now you don't have that and you lost money, right? And it's the same relationship with the Lord. It's it's we we try and we try and we try and it's it's all cheap substitutes until only the only Jesus can fill those voids that'll give you the the joy and the peace and the and the and the purpose that everybody everybody craves in life. Some of them they don't know that they're craving and they don't they don't know it only comes from the Lord, but everybody has that in their DNA, they're craving a joy and a peace and a, and a purpose. Mm, yeah. So good. So we're, I want to say we're past pandemic. We never really know, <laughs> but anyway, we're back in church. This church is growing. You're planting new churches. Um, is there a scripture that you're standing on in this season? Yeah. So I, w- I don't know if I can say this season, I can say today. Um, <laughs> that's about, it's been a busy day. So that's about as far as my brain works. Uh, so when you asked me that earlier, the, the first verse that came to my mind is, is, is Matthew 5, 6. This is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And I think that's at the end of the day, and that's a, a translation of that word hunger. It, it's, it's like a, a starvation. It's like blessed are the people that are just starving to, to do it. And righteousness is just the right thing in the eyes of God. Just blessed are those who are starving to do the right thing in the eyes of God, uh, for they, for they will be filled. And so, so that's the, that's the passage that, um, I'm standing on today, at least. Mm-hmm. Other than the old Testament and the new Testament, um, and you're, you're a big reader. Are there any resources out there that you think people should take a look at, uh, either books or, or even videos? I know you're a big Bible project guy and I am too. I love the Bible project. Yeah, I know. I know they are so great. Um, is there anything that, that people should take a look at to perhaps, um, if they are questioning or if they are wondering if they should come back or if they came back, but they're still kind of, you know, in between. Yeah. So I think, uh, I'm going to go old school on some stuff. Um, a case for faith and a case for Christ. Um, Lee Strobel are two books that I always encourage people that are struggling in their faith. I think sometimes, um, when you don't, it's kind of like you say, you're not going to feel it. Right. So sometimes you just got to know it. And I think both of those books help people have, a a good understanding uh, of where we come from, who Jesus is. Um, and then, uh, have you ever read Crazy Love by Francis Chan? I've started it. It's incredible. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite books of, of, of all time. And I would just always encourage somebody um, that, you know, kind of struggling. Uh, where do I fit in? How does this work? Am I in or out on this, on this Jesus thing? Um, Crazy Love is a book that, that one of my all-time favorites. Great, great. Well, thank you so much for today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's fun. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Please leave us a review and a ranking wherever you are listening. 
Special thanks to music composer Morel Sanders and to editor Susan Marie. For more podcasts, go to thejam.online to listen to Journalists Advancing Ministry about journalists who have left media for the ministry. And go to amazon.com to read Whispering in His Ear, my book of devotions that include life lessons, prayers, and journal writing, along with multimedia songs and spoken word. For Positively Joy t-shirts and other merch, go to PositivelyJoy.com and click shop. Shop.